There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all the Buffy comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we're still not talking about Buffy. No. And we're not going to for a while. Because why would we? We're talking about shirtless men. Are we? Are there a lot of shirtless men in this one? Maybe not in this one, but in... I Ange- didn't actually pay attention. In Angel in general, often shirtless men. Yes, I suppose. Like, Do you have abs? Or at least mildly in shape? Yeah, but they're also drawn characters, so they should all be mildly in shape at least. You'd think. You would hope. Some of them have lost like 10 pounds. Just from being drawn? They're looking trim. Good for them. Boy, I sure can't wait to find out what happened to Fred. Why is Fred alive? I don't know. Because we're not finding out this time. Nope. Now that we've left with the cliffhanger like this series likes to do, we're currently in the middle of Angel After the Fall. We just discovered that Fred is alive and well, and we're going to jump back in time. So now we're in volume two. Angel After the Fall, first night, the longest name for a series ever. There's a lot of colons in there. There's a joke there. Is there? I bet I could make one. Best if you don't. Moving on. What's funny is since this has been repackaged, they now have it under Angel Season 6, so I guess its new title is Angel Season 6 After the Fall, First Night. Boo! (laughs) Too many names. Too long. Uh, What this is, is when we first jump into the After the Fall series, is we pick up three months after the end of the Angel TV show, and this is showing what happened on the first night after that show ended. So just for a quick recap... We find ourselves with our main characters, mainly Angel, Spike, Gun, and Illyria, in an alleyway fighting hordes of demons plus a dragon. Wesley has died. End of story, pretty much. That's where we find ourselves. And Connor ran away to go home. Right. That'll come up. Connor went to run out of Los Angeles. This only covers three issues. It got re-edited a little bit for the graphic novel, which is what we're going to be reading from. So some of the framing devices will show up in random places. But they basically are little vignettes. Starting off with the Grusalog. Kind of. The Grusalog didn't get one, so they added an intro to this book, which I'm going to read, and if it's not funny, when I cut this episode, I'll just remove this part and you'll never hear this audio. Sounds like a plan. So just in case we can't use this bit in three, two, one. So starting with... Okay, got that in there just in case I need it. (laughs) So it opens with the Grusalug writing a blog on 7-17-2008. Current mood, heroic, yet recapish. Greetings, fair denizens of cyberspace. It is Grusalug, survivor of the scum pits of Ur, champion of Pylea, proud originator of the 4 billionth, 545th most popular web blog in the land. Watch your back, Brittany fan 2005 for I am rapidly gaining on your numbers. And soon you will be forced to redub yourself DefeatFan2008. So it is blogged, so it shall be. I was updating my Wikipedia page. Simple note, historians of the web, it is Grusalug, not Grusalug. Know it well. Those are spelled slightly differently. When I received a cyber parchment from the man-woman Chris Ryal of IDW, which is the editor-in-chief over at IDW, apologizing on assumed knee for lack of inclusion in the main story volume of Second of Angel After the Fall, and requesting that I recap all that has gone forth previously to help the confused reader. 
I laughed to myself a hearty chuckle. Apologies were not needed. Certainly my exclusion of this, you'll notice, much smaller volume, less gruesome, I translate to less mass and less excitement, was quite obviously so ladies and Ryle-esque men alike could recover from what is herefore known as Gru-induced vapors. As for recapping, of course! I shall recap in such a way that you'll believe this story has never been told until the recap. The recap shall replace actual events, and actual events will be known as foreshadowing the recap. Brace yourself for the recapping. How much editing am I going to have to do in this? I don't know, <laughs> but either. I'm enjoying it. Lantern-jawed hero Angel and his band of not even so close to resembling merry men had incurred the wrath of the evil law form and so much more. I think I said law form. Yeah, you did. I meant law firm. Wolfram and Hart. Wolfram and Hart had sent an army to throw down in glorious battle with them in an alleyway. There was much fighting and bloodshed. Soon after, Angel and his followers were tossed, along with all of Los Angeles, into hell itself. Much fighting and ghosting did occur, ending with the group being reunited. Only now the Gruselug is at their side, so they shall most certainly win the day, or night as it may be. But before you know where you're going, you must know where you've been. What of the first night in hell? How did Angel's cohorts react to a city gone straight to hell? How did they spend their first night... Behold, Angel, after the fall, first night has begun, and ended in the very same book. That is convenience you can depend on. <laughs> I must take leave of you for now, for the Domino's man is knock-knock knocking at my door with promises of a great feast for an affordable price. He shall bring cheesy bread, lest he know what true vengeance means. This blog is over and done with. You are welcome. Hopefully it has made you think, made you cry, and mostly made you LOL. Long for Grusalug out loud. I am disabling comments for now. I tire of that awful Tyrannosaurus Sex 69 Forever's disparaging remarks about my punctuation. Listening to Cries of My Enemies, Squeals of the Lust from the Local Townswoman, also Coldplay. And you're missing this lovely picture of the Grusalug with a laptop, just sitting in a chair. Really enjoy in it. In an office chair. In an office chair. I wow, quite like that the was. Tone. I just checked the timestamp. That was long. Was it? That was not short. Well, whatever. Oh boy! All right, so Grusalug, there's his blog. And he gave us a nice recap. Once again, just in case. Three, two, one. So we start with our framing device, Beta George. And I love Beta George. And when we saw him last, he was tied up in Gun's care. Lair. Lair care. His lair sure. of care. All right. Um, and of bears. Tied up with some unknown substance. Some kind of hair, if you dare. Oh, so, we're going to ignore all of that rhyming. <laughs> and so we are back in the end of Angel After the Fall, Volume 1. George is recapping that when Los Angeles went to hell, he was at the Universal Studios lot coming out of the water at the same time Jaws did just to mess with people. Because why not? Because he's a giant floaty fish. As he should. He's like, you know what? That story's not that interesting. Other people, they have more interesting ones. Speaking of those... And then we cut to our BFF, Spike. Oh my gosh, can we actually call Spike our BFF for like the rest of this time? I don't... I don't know. I feel like we'd get along for like the first 50 minutes and then he'd punch me. I feel like I would get along with Spike. Or I'd punch him and then he'd punch me harder. Probably, yeah. You I, and Spike would not get along. I would get along with Spike. He'd It'd give, be fine. He'd give me a dead arm. Is that a thing? And then maybe kill me. Well... Just for good measure. Probably. I'd probably say something snarky. Probably. But so, so would he. So this continues to be written by Brian Lynch and Joss Whedon. This first one was Spike. The art was done by David Messina. Mm-hmm. 
who at the time had done a lot of the art on the previous IDW Angel books that no longer count as canon and we're not going to talk about here. But it's at least nice seeing him get another credit in the book because his art isn't bad. And get some credit in official canon. Yeah, because otherwise a lot of his stuff would just be never touched again. So it's good to see him here. Lost in the ether, as it were. Of the vast scape of comics. Wow. That we don't talk about. No. We don't talk about many here. We talk about two things three things spike basically has his own stuff because why not um because he's the uber cool okay so we open up spike is fighting in the alley afterwards and he's like well this is nuts i'm gonna die angel wants to go get a dragon and then it cuts and he's on top of a roof and And he's all healed all of his wounds are gone all of the holes in his jacket are repaired and he's looking for charlie not our cat but gun no one thought it was the cat. I thought it was the cat. Because he called him Charlie Boy a lot. Aww. What I call the cat. That's kind of demeaning. That's what I call the cat. He likes it. But I just like Spike's reaction. Like, he just looks out. He sees the sun and the moon simultaneously. Just like, so, right then, in hell. And then just laughs. Yeah, because what else are you going to do, really? You could laugh or cry, so you might as well go with laugh. So Spike literally yells at hell. He's like, I survived two apocalypses from two of the biggest bads ever. And I'm back in hell. And then, yeah, literally says, I stared evil down and laughed and it's big ugly mug. And I'm staring right at the dawn and I'm not smoking. You hear that? Screw you, Don. Hope that's not taken out of context. Because Don is a teenager and Buffy's sister. And also yeah. a magical key. Yeah, is she still though? Yes. Oh. Is that going to come back? Yes. All right. We'll look forward to that. Or we won't, because it's about Don. Well, whatever. The way you Again, hate Connor, I hate Don. The way Dawn. I hate Connor and April, I also hate Don. April is not on here. I don't care. She's in my world. So Spike figures he's survived enough apocalypses that he can retire. Mm-hmm. He's earned himself a break. Where does one retire in hell, though? That was my biggest question. Where is he going to go? Apparently Santa Monica. Wait, no, is he Beverly Hills? He's Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, there we go. I'm mixing up, I'm sorry, my burrows. Yeah, clearly. But immediately as Spike retires, he sees someone in a ring of fire. A burning ring of fire, and it's not Johnny Cash. No. No, it's not. You didn't like that as much as I did. You really enjoyed it, though. I did. Good for you. Why not? And who is in this burning ring of fire? It's Fred. Into a burning ring of fire. Down, down, down. You sing on the other podcast. You don't sing on this one very much. Burn, burn, burn. You sing more on the other one. The ring of... Okay, I'm done. The ring of fire. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Fred. Fred is in the burning ring of fire. Oh, Fred. And Fred wants to know where Wes is, basically. She's like, I'm back alive, so is Wes? And Spike just tries to cover. He's like, yeah, no, he's probably alive, except for the thing where he's definitely dead. And I bet Gun's fine, too, except for the thing where he's definitely dead. So but basi- Angel is probably dead because, God, I hope Angel's dead. So basically, Spike just picks her up and carries her off and to go build a life with just him and Fred. And I'm sure I'll talk about this in the future, and I know there's a certain point where I'm going to get real mad about this. Yeah? Well, not for a while. I love Spike and Fred's relationship. They have oh, yeah. one of my favorite we dynamics. We talked about this earlier. I remember now. On the show or in real life? In real life. I love the two of them together. I love that... Spike has this connection with this girl that isn't sexual, and there's this mutual trust and respect in there. And they it's have... very much a brother sister relationship. 
Yeah. Oh, it really is. And I just, I love the two of them together. And I love how they play off of each other. And I love how there's not anything more there and how Spike tries to flirt with her and to get her to do stuff. And she's just like, what a load of crap. No, let's let's just do the thing we got to do. Yeah. They have a lovely relationship. One of the few who could have a good dynamic while not having a will they, won't they kind of thing. Right. You're never that concerned about it. That's not the point of it. No. And Spike just wants to protect Fred and get her out of there. And then he sees a girl in an alley. And he's a sucker for a girl in an alley. Everyone is a sucker for a girl in an alley. I don't think I would be. Because I'd probably be the girl in the alley, let's be honest. You don't wear enough heels to be the girl in the alley. Good! Good for everyone! (laughs) But the giant spider demon's attacking a girl in the alley. Spike comes in. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this once. I just retired. He's about to beat up the demon. And Fred walks up and turns into Illyria. And tears the demon in half. And the girls are like, what's going on? And he's like, I have seriously no idea. And he decides that Illyria needs his protection. And so off they go with some humans in tow to go start a safe haven in Beverly Hills. But we'll learn more about that next episode. Just like the Kardashians. Because we're not going to learn about why Fred's back for a good while. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that cliffhanger. It's going to keep on hanging. Oh, well. And then we cut over to our best buddy. Boo. It's Connor. No one likes Connor. I like Connor. I've always liked Connor. Hmm. You weren't there, man. You I've were... always disliked Connor. You weren't there when he was taken. I I was there. I saw it all. You got to see it one right after another. I had to wait a month. I disliked it. All of it. Anyway, Connor's back. And so Connor's running away. And then he's like, my first dad would not run away. My second dad would not run away. My third dad would be killed. Immediately. So just to recap quick on Connor, for those who may not remember, Connor is Angel's biological son, the son of two vampires, something that's not supposed to be possible, but Angel won the chance for him to be alive after he tried to fight for his ex-vampire lover who came back to life as a human, but she had syphilis. Her name is Darla. Let's just call her Darla. Am I over-explaining? Over-explaining. So Darla, the vampire. Connor as a baby was taken to a hell dimension by Angel's 19th century villain Holtz, and then... Because time passes... Is it Holt or Holtz? Holtz. With a Z. With a Z. That sounds dumb. Are you British now? Yes. Oh. Fun fact. That's why I read Spike dialogue. In this, oh. in this, in this very British voice oh, I have. Oh, I see. Cup of tea. That was terrible. We're going to move on. <laughs> but yes, I would like so one. That, Thanks. So Connor was raised in a hell dimension by Holtz, but time passes differently there. So 18 years passed really fast so we could come back as a working adult on the show. And then Angel had to cut his throat and take away all of his memories so he could go be raised by a normal guy. Fun fact, the actor who played him in the show went on to marry the actress who played Rory on Gilmore Girls. But then Wesley had to go blow up a box called an Orlon window that held all of Connor's memories in it, and then he got them all back. And then Wes and Illyria and Angel, and then I guess everyone else, but it's never, again, really clear. Right, so... God, Connor's confusing. So it's not even clear in this, like... Five-page little vignette if Connor what Connor knows or doesn't know. So Connor, it seems that he has just gotten all these memories back, like this past second. So Connor, the last episode of Angel, flat out told me he's like, I have all my memories back, except it was kind of like a bad dream, but I remember it all. So Connor is running away, and my favorite moment here is he sees that this big thing's gonna go down. He sees lightning in the sky. He sees a dragon, and he says. Almost the exact same line that Angel says. Besides, it's kind of be cool to slay a dragon. Compares to Angel's when Spike goes to him at the very end of the show. He's like, 
Any terms of a plan? Because, well, personally, I kind of want to slay the dragon. And I just love that the two of them want to do the same thing. It makes me want to roll my eyes. Actually, it makes me actively roll my eyes for both of them. I don't care. I love it. Slay that dragon. And then befriend it. Anyway. Or other way around, I guess. Moving on. So Connor, this whole time, is like, first dad would do this, meaning Angel. Second dad would do this, meaning Holtz. Third dad would do this, meaning his... Steven? I don't know. No, wait. Con- the no, human Steven family that name. Angel puts Other guy. With. Yeah. And the short answer is, human dad, while sucks. nice, will do nothing useful in this dimension. In this world, he sucks. Holt is dead, so... Been dead for a while. Won't really do anything useful. So and Con- Angel... Yeah. Connor basically decides, you know what? Angel needs my help. I'm going to go back and help, even though he told me to go home. And Los Angeles, as it's going to do in every one of these stories, goes to hell. And Connor vomits. And then he says he remembers everything. Except last time he said he remembered everything, so I what don't the really hell? know. And I don't. And the Orlon window was originally supposed to only give the memories back to the people who were in that direct vicinity, but apparently everyone has memories of Connor. I don't know. But the other confusing apparently part, the direct vicinity meant all of California, where all of the uh, was, notable cast is, I guess. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Because everyone then, knows him. And then we see some flashbacks. But all mirror the show, we see him being born in the alleyway where Fred looks like the Virgin Mary. Yeah. That was wait. kind of the imagery at the time. But I like Connor, where he's like, great, so my first surrogate mother I slept with, so I'm also Oedipus on top of everything else. Again, uh, another reason to not like Connor. I thought it was a reason to like him because he's well-read. No, knowing Oedipus is not being well-read. I have higher standards than that. But Connor ducks behind a car because an army of demons is going to go kill angel and they're running a few minutes late which i think is funny and they find connor they're like look it's angel's kid he's like how does everybody know this and i agree how does everybody know this i don't know and he's concerned his first dad would fight maybe die second dad fight probably die third dad just die accurate to be continued for another month or later in this book right we'll come back to connor and then we get to lauren and what we're going to do here this is written as a poem but the big thing to point out here, actually, I like the poem, but the art, which we're not going to get a ton of time to talk about just because of the structure of reading the poem out. The art was done by John Byrne. And if you don't know that name, I don't know, you guess, I guess you just like Buffy and Angel, you know nothing about comics. John Byrne is a legend. It's he, awesome. John Byrne is an X-Men legend. He is one of the biggest names as far as like X-Artist goes. And seeing him do it, story for angel is amazing he's gonna do a couple of them uh, and we'll talk about a few of them a few of them are non-canon now but the idea of just john byrne doing angel is insane and my favorite part about this art is that the background of this whole book is very dark it's angel so everything is very very dark but all of a sudden we cut to lauren and the background of the page is white and it's bright and it's shining and it's the the characters are much more cartoony and it's lovely everything about it yeah the name john byrne in this context angel and it's not a super mainstream book and getting john byrne doing art on this that's a big friggin deal yeah but the lauren one i'm going to pass off and let it be read here's a demon called lorne with a lovely green hue but around him was evil what was he to do the last year had made a bad place in his head with all his friends changing, or troubled, or dead. But Angel the hero, he had a solution, a plan to be followed, a stand to be taken. And bad things who thought it was their turn to win, 
well, they would be finding themselves quite mistaken. Yes, Angel had plans. Oh, he had quite a few. But for Lorne, it was something he hated to do. So Lorne shot bad Lindsay. Yes, Lorne took a life, which brought him much inner pain, sorrow, and strife. Then Lorne broke from his clan. He was just that depressed, to wander alone, just as shell, but well-dressed. He would exit stage right, but Los Angeles fell. In the blink of an eye, it had gone straight to hell. Oh, the screaming, the running, folk eaten like snacks. Every street, every corner, bloodthirsty attacks. Lorne ran for a cab. I want out of this place. But the driver had feelers, the taxi a face. A ride is a ride, thought poor Lorne with a shrug. Take me far, far away, crazy cab-driving bug. The taxi conveyed him as far as it could, but it was tromped by a golem right there in the hood. Our Lorne ran for cover. Oh, this takes the cake. He'd arrived in a town they had named Silver Lake. This once was a happy place, all about the arts. But when things went to hell, demons tore it apart. This bad night he knew could only get much worse, seeing horrors with no place in this bubbly verse. But Lorne witnessed something he didn't expect. People are people, although they're in heck. So Lorne hit a high note, his highest that day, and people grabbed tools and jumped into the fray. The brawl lasted days, but the town was left clean. Then a sorceress spell booted everything mean. The casualties had been many, the violence so thick, but they made a slice of heaven in H-E double hockey sticks. Evil was banished, all bad thoughts verboten, and Lorne kept an eye on his friends not forgotten. About a week in, people wanted a leader. That green guy who saved us, what could be neater? They say that it's heavy, the head with the crown, but Lorne loved his new gig, no need for a frown. For what seemed so long, there'd been no joy at all. But slowly, but surely, in ways large and small, Lorne got his groove back right after the fall. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones. This is by far my favorite one in this whole book. It's only three pages long, and I love it's everything. It's more than that. It's like five. Sorry. It's only four pages long, but I love everything We were both it. wrong. But I just love it. I love John Byrne in here. I love the art. It goes so well with it. Everything about it. This is really, it's such a good one. And I love Lauren as a character. And I love that he's drinking a sea breeze when he's watching it on Connor. And I love as well that they were also, able to. Also, sea breezes are terrible drinks. They're, I hate them. I've had it. Don't like it. Would I like it? Probably. Is it full of sugar? Yeah. It's all I ever want in life. So um, I really like about this one that they captured Lauren's voice, even though he is such a vocal character that they captured his voice without losing anything and still transferring it to page even looking at this this is a real out of sort things um you may not know this looking around this house but i like having things from things i enjoy and i remember when the suit was comic on... pages well and props if they were more affordable right but i remember when the suit was on an auction site and then it made its way to ebay i don't know where it is now probably somebody bought it i assume but who the hell knows who the H-E double hockey sticks knows. And then because this was released in three different issues, we go back to our framing device, Beta George, where he is goading a vampire to beat him up. Bad plan. And he keeps transferring different images into the vampire's mind, which we found out he can do. That's fun. Which is a thing. But then we cut to my personal favorite in this book. Lorne. No. I wish. You just did it. You read it I, all. I would go back. Do it again. We cut to Wes. Written by Brian Lynch. Art by Nick Rung. I think I pronounced that right? Runge. Runge? Rung? I don't know. I would say Runge. Can we just get someone with a pronounceable name? 
Brian Lynch. Thank you. You're welcome. But we get Wes. Oh my god, this is the best one. So it opens with the first panel is just pure white. And then Wesley is sitting in what looks like a kind of uncomfortable chair. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the Wes that we know. He's not the dorky Wes in the suit with the glasses. He's the guy with the must hair and the beard that he definitely trims every two days to make it keep the same length. Leather jacket, black shirt, all that kind of stuff. Right. Why are you looking at me? Because you just think that's the epitome of cool. I just like Wes. Uh-huh. And sitting across from him is Fred. Sweetie, we did it. And Wes is ecstatic. He's like, I knew you were in there all along, that your soul wasn't completely burned out like we always thought. And Fred just comforts him. Yeah, we're dead. We're in heaven. We can do whatever. We've earned it. We can do whatever we want. We can fight demons because we enjoy doing that, but we'll never be injured. And then we can go back to bed together and we can do all these romantic things and everything will always be fine. Except that Wes realizes that they aren't in heaven. They Uh, can't be in heaven. This is what makes this story work. It was covered before that Wesley doesn't really deal with any level of bull. He knows when things are a lie. And that was kind of the whole crux of his last episode. This is the very first thing you're taught as a watcher is to differentiate truth from the lie. But he flat out says, all right, what's going on? This is a lie. This would be nice if it was real, but what are we doing here? Let's let's just cut to this. Also, I want to murder you. Right. And, and so... <laughs> I like this is just that touch of also kind of crazy Wesley. He's like, yeah, this sucks. Really? Oh, God, I want to kill you so much. Yeah, so... So immediately, I'm not even sure that Wes knows who he's talking to, but I'm sure he has a pretty decent idea. He he knows that it's at least a bunch of crap. He knows that it's not real. He knows that it can't be real. But the illusion continues, and he keeps saying, I'm dead. Where am I? Who are you? What's this? And then we cut to some real biblical imagery. We did, yeah. Fred, whose boobs have increased about four sizes. But she's tastefully covered by her hair and a leaf. There's also that, a red know. snake that's climbing up the back of Wes's leg. Yes, because he which knows is odd. A snake, not biblical at all. No, no, I know, but just like, it's an odd thing because we're still continuing the illusion. And then we learn it's some kind of medium for Wolfram and Hart. We don't know what it is exactly or who it is exactly, but this individual posing as Fred is a voice for the senior partners. Right, and we find out very quickly that they're going to send him back. And he's like, "Why would I listen to you?" And they just say. Because you know there's a glimmer that you'll be reunited with her, and that will motivate you to work for us, even if you don't think it's real. And so they send him back. And Wes, being Wes, just goes, by the by, when the dust settles, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you real hard. And then they're but like, he says it much more British. He does. And then they're like, well, you can't. So go back. And he goes back. I love the last page. It's just a splash. And it's the senior partners talking, who we haven't seen yet, who we will eventually, and I disagree with that choice, but we're not there yet. Okay. We're a bit off. And they just say, he has no idea why he's there. He can't. But he's the key to all of this. Wesley is the reason we'll win. And we find out that, from this panel, last graphic novel, everybody was concerned that they couldn't really trust Wes. And Wes was even kind of concerned that he couldn't trust himself. And we're finding this is where all where it comes from. That he knows he's been sent back, he doesn't know why. So it's not like he can even help Angel that way because he just doesn't even know why he's there. But at the end of the day, Wes is still Wes. 
Yeah, so he still doesn't trust anything. Wes is the big picture guy. That's always what he's been. Yes. Wes is the guy who's willing to sacrifice Willow to the mayor. He's the guy who's willing to take Angel's baby. Yeah. He's the guy who's willing to portray Angel for the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. That's always been who he is, and damn, I enjoyed the hell out of that character. Well, there you go. I miss him, but I don't want him back either. Him coming back would diminish what happened and what happens here, which we'll cover in future episodes. Not that many. They're coming up real fast. And so... And if you want to get them early, you can go over to our Patreon and give us a buck. Yay! And so we move on to one of the less exciting ones. There's I don't... a couple here we're going to kind of breeze through. This um, is the first one. Yeah. It's for Kate. I forgot that Kate even existed. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Kate's back. If you don't remember Kate, she hasn't been around since the tail end of season two. And it was awesome when she wasn't there. Well, to be fair to Kate, Kate is an excellent character. She's a very strong, well-rounded character, but it's those strong, well-rounded characteristics that made her need to go away. She was super irritating. She was 100% behind her convictions and it made sense and boy was I glad when she was gone. Yeah, but and she's I, back. I'm not super happy to see her again. Boo! Yeah, you must love this one. So it's not just about Kate, it's about Kate and Connor. Kate saves Connor. Connor's being strung up by a demon you may remember from ten minutes ago, or less, I don't know. We'll see what happens in editing. And Kate shows up and shoots the demon holding Connor with a double barrel shotgun. Boo. And so she saves Connor, and they go away, they go back to her lair, and they get weapons, and Connor's like, hmm. I'm going to follow what Kate says now, because she's a pretty girl, and she's real, pretty much. That's a very abridged version. Kate summarizes the thing that Angel said to her in her last episode. In the greater scheme or the bigger picture, nothing matters what we do. There's no grand plan, no big win. If nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do, because that's all there is. Okay. And Connor decides he's going to be a champion. And Connor's like, I like that thought. I'm going to go with that. Uh-huh. You, you really burned through this one. You're like, I hate everyone. Moving on. I really didn't like anybody in this. I also didn't really feel like it moved the story along that much. I don't know where Kate went. That was okay. It's fine. It got Connor out of the bind that he was in and sets him on his path. But honestly, he was going to go on that path anyway. I just didn't really yeah. see the need for it. The idea of bringing Kate back is... Less than necessary. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably being too harsh on this, but... It's not a bad story, just Connor being saved and going off and doing his thing where he saves others. It's... I mean, it's nice to see Connor being saved because so often he's just the one who's like, I can do everything. I've been magically given powers by this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm half vampire. I'm the most... I'm actually full vampire, but a human. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the most badass until the story says I'm not. Right. And so it's kind of nice to see him being saved in this because... Easy does it. He's the most badass. It's the worst. He's so much hair. So bad. Then we move on to our next story. Gwen. Who's making out with? I found out that it's supposed to be Nathan Fillion. It is. It's supposed to be Nathan Fillion. Who made it to Angel? Congratulations, sir. You've made it to all three shows. Yay. Either way, Gwen is making out with Nathan Fillion. Because remember, she can touch people again because she has the implanty thing. But like she couldn't touch people before. It was this whole thing. She couldn't do it until she was like 30. With like electricity powers and blah, blah, blah. Really sucks. And they're just making out and using the terms of the youth. Nate is thirsty. His name is Nate in this too. You know what that means? 
I know what thirsty is. Do you really? You don't normally know what the youth they're talking about. Anyway, so they're making out. Gwen's like, this isn't going to happen. He's like, no, let's definitely keep making out. It's fine. And then that thing that happens in every one of these stories, Los Angeles goes to hell. And we see this fist explode. It looks like Beta. But I don't think it's Beta George, but it looks like him. <laughs> sounds weird saying Beta. Beta. George sounds so much more normal. But then they go to touch each other, and Gwen's microchip is no longer in effect, and she kills Nathan Fillion on the spot. And it's, like, really gruesome. He's just all of a sudden black and twisted and contorted. Yeah. It's not good. It's like if you were zapped with a ton of lightning, and Gwen is upset that she lost her ability to touch, and in her grief, keeps zapping him. Yeah, but she also doesn't really feel that bad about zapping him in particular. She feels more bad that she, like... Can't touch other people. Yeah, she's like, oh, this means that I can't ever be in a relationship. I should have really spent my time in a relationship. Not with you, but with somebody. So then we move on. Oh, and that's the end of Gwen. Bye, Gwen. Gwen's like, I'm going to get this back. It'll come up again. The fact that she has lost her powers and that she needs to regain the ability to touch. This might be a major plot point. It might not. It will be. So we're back to another fun... Vignette. Vignette. And this one's about civilians. We don't even name them. I'm going to call this guy Rorschach. This is actually my least favorite one. Yeah, this one definitely is the weak link. A Kate, you Kate is a told... character that's real. And as much as Kate and I are not the best of friends, I totally understand why she got brought back. And I understand the purpose of her little vignette. This one doesn't really have a purpose. It's the idea that we're seeing the everyman's perspective. But it's from this crazy guy who wears a sign around his neck saying the end is near. So again, he's Rorschach. So he's Rorschach. So he's wandering around in Los Angeles saying the end is near, the end is near. And then all of a sudden the end actually comes. Well, he's in front of a movie theater that is showing movies that all of the angel actors were in. Mm-hmm. Like Chance, House on Haunted Hill, My Bodyguard, Good Burger, The Indian in the Cupboard, First Night, Catch Me If You Can. One of those movies is good. You'll never guess which one. It's the Spielberg saw one. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, it's the Spielberg one. Aren't we Forget proud of the you rest. For that? I saw Indian in the Cupboard in a drive-in. Well, bully for you. Who was in Catch Me If You Can? Amy Acker. Was she really? Very briefly, she was like a stewardess that was walking Leo down. There were like four stewardesses. Yeah, that I were know like exactly the scene you're talking about. Yeah, Amy Acker's in that scene, and that's about it. Oh. She made it in a Spielberg flick. Yeah, good for her. She had like a line, maybe two. Good for her. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, she's there. I liked that movie. Did you know they filmed the France scenes in Quebec? 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 Yeah, okay. Okay. And there's a crazy guy who likes a girl, and he's like, the end is near. Then the end was there. He's like, where's the stupid girl? And then it's over. Yeah, pretty much. There's no real reason to talk about this one. No. I mean, it's just, we're seeing that everybody's looting and freaking out, but that's about it. And then we get gun we see gun right after he has woken up after they've gone to hell we don't actually see the transition this time so that's nice i know it is kind of nice it got kind of old (laughs) yeah oh good they went to hell didn't know that was gonna happen so gun wakes up in bed he's all bandaged and he's awoken by to use the gruselugs turn a lantern jawed individual who definitely is just angel with long hair but the issue opens up and gun's in bed and he's remembering what happened before that they were fighting in the alley, and Angel noticed that a demon was controlling the dragon and decided he had to go kill that demon so they could get the dragon on their side. But importantly, he says, I'll be back, Gun. 
And then Angel gets swept up in the fight, basically, and he just keeps going. And he's not back, Gun. He, he, he kills the demon controlling the dragon, gets the dragon on his side, and basically keeps going with the fight because... They're winning. They're winning. The tide has turned. He just doesn't go back. I don't know if he just thinks that Gun is in a safe place, and so he's not going to go back and get him. I don't know, but he doesn't go back to get Gun right away. So Gun has lost an eye in the IDW tradition of Gun losing an eye, and a vampire steals him. Pretty much. And we find out that the vampire turns him. And Gun freaks right out and vamps out and stabs this guy in the face. As one does. Only as Gun does. Wesley would do the same. No, Wesley would stab you in the gut. Well, whatever. And avoid all the vital organs. Why? Because that's what he did to Gun. Well, yeah. Okay, moving on. Or that time he stabbed that girl in the shoulder who was high. Wes is so stabby. I know. Only when he's like drunk and angry, though. When he's sober, he'll just shoot you. When he's drunk, he'll stab. Well, maybe not the best person to be real-life friends with. I like his affinity for bourbon. I know you do. Gun basically discovers that he's in hell. He's like, well, gotta get out of here. Gotta not be a vampire. And he stakes the guy who turned him who looks like Angel, including calling him Angel. Gun has some transference issues. Just a bit. So it seems that Vampire Gun does not see the issue of angel coming back as the apocalyptic angel's just trying to save the whole world not just gun thing as he should have taken it and instead decided to take it very personally and so ends angel season six after the fall first night volume two too much i liked most of it it's nice to know what's going on I'm eager to be- to get back to the main action. Yeah, I mean, it's nice having the vignettes, but at the same time, I just want more. Yeah, I want more, but also I'd gotten a lot of this information just gleaning it from the first volume of Angel After the Fall, or enough to be going on with. So while it's nice to go back and backfill a little bit, it wasn't enough to make me feel satiated by my backfilling, so. It's also, as I'm sure the intent was, frustrating not to find out what's happening with Fred. But yeah, that'll do it. This is a quick three-issue one. We'll be back next week to talk about Spike yet again and to elaborate further on what happened to him after Los Angeles went to hell. I'll give you a hint. There are scantily clad women. Again. And a fancy bathrobe. Again. And Connor. Boo. And Gun. Meh. And a dragon. Better. And Spider. Eh. And another lady. Hmm. And Illyria. Yay. I like Illyria. Gone so many places She's with this. She's feisty. Uh, you can find me over and the show at editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get the show a week early, throw a buck our way over at Patreon. And if you want to email the show with any questions, comments, concerns, and or criticisms, don't do the last one, but that can be at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. We'd like to hear from you. I like friends. Just not the criticism part. Well, whatever. If it's constructive. No. All right. The only criticism I want is irrational and rage-filled. Well, there you go. It makes me laugh. If you like the sound of my voice and the information I give you, uh, I have another show, a weekly news show slash topical show slash you write me things and I talk about them show over at all those same places. Yep. (laughs) What's that one called? Editor's Note Comics Podcast. But we'll be back next week. Until then, I don't know. Don't go to hell, I guess. Seems to be a rough place. Bye.